So we started out with rebellion versus revolution. We're going to continue with that. You know, there are themes that run through the show, even across the various topics that we take on. Let's bring another aspect of this into play. How do you self-identify? I knew what my belief structure was as young as I would say 16 or 17 years old. I knew before that kind of what I believed, but I, my political, cultural, social, whatever you want to call it, my, my views as a young man were becoming more defined. I registered as a Republican when I was first able to vote. I knew who I was. It was the era of Reagan and the principles of the party are what stood out for me. Was it universal lockstep agreement in every policy? No, it never is, by the way. But the media, the party, all of the elements of our society around us have in some way helped define or at least portray what a Republican is. And in many cases, it's Republican on defense, and it shouldn't be. No, plain constitutional approach for me in the United States of America. Say who you are, and that's where it begins, and you're allowed. That public soapbox is yours. But Democrats and media members, as Michael Abramson writes, have created these depictions to prevent people from becoming Republican and instead vote for Democrats. Republicans need to discredit and eliminate these representations so that the Republican Party maximizes its followers and voter base. Let me add to this as we bring Michael on the air that I hear this a lot when people say um, this first, this second, this third. And it's never that simple. It may be how you feel, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's never that simple. Conservatism is a movement, movement conservatism. Republican is the party that more reflects the wishes and alignments of those of us on the right in America, and even of some in the center left. So, Michael, my friend, the image, the reality... And the portrayals. Let's work our way through your latest piece on Newsmax. Stop qualifying one's view as a Republican. Right. Good morning, David. Um, What I talked about is the phenomenon that that I hear when talking with friends and other people about, they say, are you a Republican? And they will say, well, I'm a Republican, but I'm socially liberal. Or even some you'll hear from Democrats a lot of times, they'll say, well, I'm fiscally conservative, but I'm socially liberal. And I thought about this way that people self-qualify and that they're, they're really dealing with two images that they're trying to say that they are, to, to say that they are not these images. Number one is that you hear all the time that Republicans are racist, white supremacist, anti-women, anti-LGBTQ, Anti, anti-non-Christians, and that's the first image that they want to get away, with, get away from. And the second image is that Republicans only favor the rich, that they're against the poor. And they say that they're socially liberal as a defense mechanism of saying that they, don't, they, they do not identify with these two images which the Democrats and the media have portrayed Republicans to be. So how about simplicity? 
when people ask me why I'm a Republican. I mean, I get your point that it goes to the levels of uh, subtext and definition. You know, the image you write about, right? And you just mentioned it, where, you know, Republicans are either racist, white supremacists, anti-women, anti-LGBTQ, intolerant of non-Christians or all of the above. And that is completely untrue. You know, going back to my reference to the Reagan days, your 80% friend is not your 20% enemy. And you know, unlike many on the left, especially the far left, we don't believe nor practice lockstep agreement exactly and you know it's that i thought the introduction was uh before i came on was great that it talks about that republicans you know definitely definitely are able to to see different strata of viewpoints well we don't shut down the debate and more often than not uh, when you look at the right versus the the left and those, of course, the extreme uh, left in America, or actually, let's just say extremists in any belief where it's a singular extreme belief, they don't want to debate. But here in America, we've done well because of this public soapbox, right? The idea that anyone can stand in the town square, literally or metaphorically, and speak their mind. But now, Michael, you're attacked and on defense, if you're on the right and on the left, you're given tacit or outward approval to do whatever. So how do Americans, Main Street Americans, Wall Street Americans, I don't care what street you're on, deal with this and change this phenomenon and this current reality? Well, I think it starts with the Republican leadership. They need to push back against the, the Democrats when they speak these untruths. And I've identified sort of a three-step process. First, whenever the untruth is spoken, they just need to denounce it. Secondly, they need to talk about the, the true views that the Republicans have on the issue. That's sort of the defensive, defensive stand or the offensive stand on it. And the third is that the third is that they need to push back and say what the Democrats really believe about the issue and what they've done about it. And we can see this in real time uh, that the Republicans are not doing this. We have Joe Biden yesterday went up to Pennsylvania, talked about how the new voting laws in Georgia and other states are like the worst thing since the Civil War. And where are the Republicans coming out against this? Where is Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, Ronna McDaniel? There should be a speech today and just tearing Joe Biden apart for what he said and the lies that he's putting forth. But they're not doing it. And that's I think that's a big problem for Republicans. Well, they're not likely to do it. And, you know, just the three people you mentioned are in a position of power in the sense of influence and calling that presser. Uh, and, and in a sense, Michael, it sounds like they're not defending Republican ideals. You can defend by going on offense against lies. Joe Biden lied to the American people yesterday. Yeah, he did. And it's just, it's, it's sad that they don't come forward. I think they're of the opinion that if they don't respond to, to what Joe Biden or whatever, whoever has been saying it, that they won't give they won't spread that idea. That, I think that's what they're afraid of. They think that by responding to the argument, they'll spread the argument. 
But I think it's just the opposite. That argument is going to spread one way or another because the media is going to cover it. The Democrats will keep saying it over and over. And if it's not, and if they don't respond, I think it's more likely that people are going to going to believe it. Well, look, we we like fighters in America, and and I think the American people, especially on the right side of uh, these issues, politically, culturally, and otherwise, can call the conservative view of things are sick of not having a fight. You're not going to win every fight. But I hear this constantly from the audience. You get this in feedback to your articles uh, that people need fighters. They want fighters. You know, Patton's third army speech, America loves a winner and will not tolerate a loser. You know, we love the fastest runner, the big league ball player. We love people who achieve. And it's no different when it comes to the political world. Right, and, they, and I think people look at it personally, too. When they hear that comment about, about the Republicans in Georgia or Texas, they, they realize that they're attacking the Republican voter as well. And I think this is where Donald Trump was really beloved, is that he defends the party. I mean, he came out yesterday with a statement attacking Joe Biden for, for his press conference, and, and he, he really understood that when they – that he wants to defend people, number one, and number two, that when they were attacking him, when they were attacking Trump, they were really attacking the voters. And he knew instinctively that you got you to gotta fight back. Attorney and author Michael Abramson, uh, talking right now, you're used to Michael by now. Also, you know, Michael, you are an advisor with the National Diversity Coalition for Trump. And as you talk about his response, when you were actively involved, uh, you know, and you talk about his response to things, you know, it wasn't carefully at times, carefully written. It was just from the gut, from the heart. Uh And that's something that's missing today. It's absolutely something that's missing, and it's, and it's really not that hard to do. I mean, I think the president could do it or can do it. I don't want to say past tense. He, he does it in, a, in you know, 120 characters or less in a tweet, and it's just – and those tweets get picked up, but I, there's just this reticence. I, I often hear when talking to friends who work on campaigns, I'll say, well, why don't, why don't they respond? And they say, well – if we respond, we can't put forth our information. And I just think that's a flawed way to look at it. You can, you can do both, and you have to do both. You yeah, have to defeat Not, only, ha- not only do you have to do both, you have to reinforce it. We need to see that there's a fight underway, and especially right now where we are in this country. Americans want a fighter, need a fighter. It's our culture. It's who we are. And enough, I'm going to ask a few of those Republicans up there, where was your planned response? Joe Biden went to Philadelphia. When the Tea Parties, for instance, were being attacked as racists and everything, myself, Andrew Breitbart, Steve Bannon, Deneen Borelli, Charles Payne, Jenks Morton, so many others went down there to the Green in front of Liberty Hall, right there on the grass in 100-degree heat, and sent a message back to the country, if we can do it as ordinary citizens, then the, the political party and the Republican establishment can do a damn sight better. Absolutely. And, and just imagine how divisive that speech was yesterday. 
that it's that it it, it it further polarizes Republicans and Democrats for people to think that oh these Republicans they must they must be racist. That really divides. It really divides the country. It's just just yeah. a horrible thing for a president to say. Well, when you have a liar, you get lies. Uh, Michael Abramson, attorney, author. He writes a lot on Newsmax as well and a former advisor with the National Diversity Coalition for Donald Trump. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, David. Have a good day.